and we're back. Another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope uh, you've kind of come down off of the Ryder Cup. Exciting week last week. Of course, Team USA putting on Team Europe, 19 to 9. We've moved on. Sanderson Farms this week up in Jackson, Mississippi. And then in addition to that, an exciting event, an event that I really enjoy watching. And even more so this week, I'll admit, with Bryson DeChambeau out there in Mesquite, Nevada. It's the World Long Drive Championships. They're working through the rounds right now. We'll get to the finals. By the time I believe we get to Friday, we'll see the finals. We'll see if Bryson can make it through and go head-to-head with these guys that can just flat out bomb it. I was seeing numbers up into the 450-yard range with the driver, which is just absolutely hard to comprehend. And a guy that's been, you know, really an expert in this part of the industry, creating speed, someone that I follow and lean on and learned a great deal about. He's the coach to one of the greats, Jamie Sendlowski, who really dominated the World Long Drive Championship for a long time, making the finals 10 straight years, something like that. He's won two of them. And now he's trying to play pro golf. And I got this guy. He's been out there working with Jamie. His name is Lucas Wald, and he's uh, he's one of the top coaches in the game. How you doing, buddy? Awesome. I'm well, Travis. Thanks for having me on. This is cool stuff, this long drive. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed that it's not on TV. Um <laughs> I've been following it for quite some time, but watching these guys go about this craft is really entertaining stuff. And I encourage my listeners to go to YouTube and watch these guys in Mesquite because they're cranking it up to around 450, my man. Yeah, I saw Berkshire, Kyle Berkshire hit, what, four, two balls, 450, 455 yesterday. It was downwind. Okay. <laughs> so I think the wind the wind has shifted today. So I was watching a little bit. I, I, I will encourage people to go watch on YouTube. Um, it was into the wind, so they were only hitting at 350 today, but it was a strong wind. Um, but but I agree. That, you know, these guys, the numbers they produce, the number of Bryson's, you know, the Bryson's over 200 ball speed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty incredible that he's hanging, uh, he's hanging right there. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see him make final Final eight, maybe final four. You you coach Jamie Sindlowski. You've been with him for a long time, and you you watched him when he was a world long drive champion, uh, two time champion, just a, a staple as far as this part of the game. Uh, people know Jamie. He's five foot eleven. He's not a huge guy, but he busts it out there. And now you're working with him and trying to be a pro golfer and learning the other skill sets that it takes. And I understand. Didn't Jamie just make it through first stage Q school? He did, man. He, uh, let, let me just say one thing. So I haven't coached Jamie. I, I've studied his swing for a number of years, but he called me up earlier in the year. Um, a little bit lost on a few things and it maybe had gotten, uh, had gone the wrong direction with some swing ideas and, and kind of lost his ways. But he called me earlier in the year. We've been working together and off and on. And I, I tell you, man, I went out last week to Phoenix uh to whisper rock and, and we prepared all week and then he went over to first stage and uh made it through so we're on to wow. second stage in, in new mexico um jamie played well he shot 11 under in round three 61 <laughs> <laughs> so he can he can he can go man he can go he, he hits it uh, long but i tell you the most i think impressive part of his game is just the ability to flight shots with the irons he can choke down almost to the to the metal and flight it left to right right to left 
uh, it's pretty sick action, bro. And his, and when he makes putts, he shoots low. Wow. Um, so it's, it's fun for me to be around him. It's fun to help him. And hopefully he can uh, get his corn fairy uh, tour card next year. That'd be really cool. Cause we're, do you yeah. think we're going to see more of this where we get long drive guys like Jamie trying to, you know, make the, the jump now to pro golf, you know, he did there, he was playing, I think the McKinsey tour back in 2018 um, you know, and then he kind of got into a little bit of a rut. Now you've helped him get out of that rut and now he's through first stage. So he's going to be playing somewhere. I would imagine. Do you think we're going to see mm-hmm. more of that going that way? And as well as now the other way, now we're seeing a pro golfer, Bryson DeChambeau train like a long drive guy and go over there and compete in Mesquite, Nevada, this back and forth. And we think we'll see more of it. You know, it depends on the on the long drive circuit if it's if they find funding to actually have events where players can compete for money. But look, the game is played through the air now. I mean, as you well know, the the guys are hitting up on it. They're carrying it farther than ever. Uh, Bryson is interesting because he's not only hitting it long, he's hitting it straight, and he's leading strokes gain driving category throughout all of 2021 uh, by a pretty wide margin. We all saw what he did at the U.S. Open. Um, we saw what he did in the, in the playoffs against, uh, Cantley. I mean, just, he, he's hitting it straight, man, too. And so I think, um, speed is an advantage. Mark Brody, um, did a, put out a stat that 20 yards gets you about 0.75 strokes gain around and over, wow. you know, four rounds, that's three shots, just 20 yard gain. <laughs> and so Bryson, obviously a guy that went from what, 2017, I think he was averaging around 117 miles per hour, which isn't slow. But this past year, he averaged 132 miles Mm -hmm. per hour. So he's gone up uh, 16, 17 miles per hour. And that's just, uh, it's incredible to see someone train um, away from the golf course to to be able to produce those types of uh, increases. Amazing. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, Bryson talks a lot about, you know, he can get his ball speed up and really get cranking on the range. And we've seen him do that. And then he gets out of the course. And there's the difference between, you know, just letting it go on the range and then getting out on the course and playing. You've got your kind of playing cruising speed. I'm yeah. curious with Jamie, what is it? What's his cruising speed with his driver? What is his, like his little bunt out there, like 350? <laughs> mm. Well, he, well, exactly. It, it's, it's, it's jaw dropping. I'll tell you that. But I, t- but so his numbers, Jamie last week when I was with him, his playing speeds are mid one nineties, okay. which Bryson average Bryson average on tour past year, one ninety. Yeah. So Jamie's just a little bit faster. Now wow. Jamie can crank it up with a 45 incher, to about he got it up to 207 ball speed um which is really really fast with a 45 inch because these guys these guys in the world long drive they're all using 48 inch drivers the shaplin um so i you know sedlowski is right there with them if he wants to be with a 48 inch driver Mm -hmm. um but but play speed again i think we don't know what the threshold yet is (laughs) but my my guess is mid 190s 200 maybe because when you you got to think when you you know when you miss a ball at that speed um it's accentuated the the the, the error so you're off one degree it's going to go offline more at 200 uh, miles per hour versus someone that's swinging you know 160 170 yeah that's the amazing thing with bryson like you watch him at a whistling straights and like i talked about on monday it's he just undressed that place just dismantled it and you know, he's, hit, he's hitting at 340 out there, right down the middle of the fairway. I mean, Sergio's like, my goodness. I mean, I, what did he flew it on the green there on number one? He flew it and, on the uh, green on number one. Yeah. Makes the putt. I mean, what is, <laughs> yeah, poor yeah. Sergio. I, I think he's just like hats off, you know, you yeah. fly at 340 and make a 20 footer for Eagle. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's it's absolutely amazing. And I don't I don't think we give him enough credit for what he's accomplished there. I don't. Mm. I, I think because you hit it on the head at that speed, your your miss hit, it's accentuated, right? So yes. to be able to hit it at that length and to be able to keep it in front of you at a place like Whistling Straits, I mean, that's that's pretty damn impressive yeah, it's, stuff. It's, it's impressive, and I and we all know Bryson has added some mass to his frame. We've seen the work he's done in the gym; mm -hmm. that certainly helps. But the biggest thing that I see from him, you know, that's add all this speed and distance, basically, is the the technique. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the it's 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 not looked at enough. Uh, Travis, his his bigger turn, his longer backswing. Yeah. He doesn't move as much laterally. His tempo is increased dramatically. It's so mm -hmm. much faster now. And then and he hits up on it. So when you take all those parameters and, and, and put a look at them, that equates to what would I say earlier? 17 miles per hour yeah. <laughs> gain in club head speed. Let's talk about some technique because I think my okay. my audience is really going to get a lot out of this. This is this is fun. I you have studied, as you mentioned, um, Jamie's swing for, mm -hmm. for a long time. You've looked at probably more long drive swings than I've thought of, you know, I mean, and it's cool to see in many ways the, the industry. And I think in teaching go back in this direction, again, the, the unrestricted turn lengthening back swings out. I've said it, I've said it multiple times in the podcast. I lengthen more swings out way more than I shorten them up on the lesson mm. team you know, five mm -hmm. handicaps, 15 mm -hmm. handicaps, teaching them how to turn and actually lengthen themselves out properly. Um, so it's cool to see the industry kind of moving back in this direction. Let's talk about the setup first. Okay. Let's talk about long drive guys here, T height, feet width, spine tilt, take us through the setup of these guys getting ready to crank it and hit up on it. Yeah. Just like what you said, stance, widen your stance. We're going to tilt the spine a little bit away from the target because we're promoting, we want to promote hitting up on it. Um, the old school equipments, you know, when you go back 50 plus years ago, the, the idea was to get the ball on the ground and running. The game is now played through the air. So we're trying to increase everything to allow us to hit up on it. So widen stance, uh, stronger grip. I mean, we, mm. we see most of, not all, but most of the longer hitters roll the left hand make the V of the left hand point more towards the right shoulder that strengthens the grip and, 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 and lean back on it, tilt back a little bit, widen the stance and promote, you know, that angle of attack uh, being positive. Okay. Let's get into the backswing now. And when I think okay. about the backswing, the guy that comes to mind is Kyle Berkshire, this, this back and forth, I call it Humpty Dumpty. I use it often with people when I'm really trying like they, they're making a good turn and I want them to load and I want them to really step on it a little bit and I'll get some momentum going back and forth. Berkshire really exaggerates this shuffling back and forth. What's happening there? Yeah, he's just getting, he's just getting momentum. He's just, uh, he's getting a running start. He's getting some energy put into the system with what I call a trigger move. And each, I think each player has their own sort of unique trigger but what's fascinating to me is that if you go back and look at the legends, if you look at a Babe Zaharias or Mickey Wright or uh, Gary Player, um, Trevino, all these players, a lot of these players from the past had movement like that before mm -hmm. they swung. And you only see that changing in the last probably 15 or 20 years when we when the modern swing became more robotic. But, you know, mm -hmm. I, I actually caddied for Gary Player a couple of years ago and he called me. I went down to Houston and I was taking video of his swing. 
uh, Travis, and I said, Mr. Player, do you, do you realize how you kick in your right knee before you go and you're in flow? And he really didn't even know for sure that he did that. But when he watched it back on video, he was like, you know, Luke, I, I really do have a lot of movement before I go. And so, you know, I, 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 I think Kyle Berkshire sort of does that maybe to an extreme because it's long drive. But you see that same sort of trigger in many of the greats throughout the history of the game. So I, don't, I would say, you know, for the average player, just, you know, have some flow, ha have some momentum, uh, kickstart or trigger before you move back. It would be super helpful. Yeah. Do you like that pelvis moving a little bit kind of diagonally into the right foot, right? You think about that Humpty Dumpty, the pelvis kind of drifts a little into the right heel and then the, the turn starts from there. Yeah. That's correct. To, to basically about P2 or shaft parallel. Mm -hmm. That's when I see, you know, the load of the backswing happen, the mm -hmm. up move, if you will. So, you know, also, if you see, if you look at Jamie Sadlowski or Kyle Berkshire or Bryson, who has caught, <laughs> Bryson's hanging out with, who's he hanging out with? Kyle Berkshire, oh. Martin Borgmeyer. Yeah. So, you know, he's hanging out with the fastest guys on the planet <laughs> so he can pick their brain and copy them. And so if you look at what he's doing off the ball, he's getting taller. Okay, he's moving mm -hmm. off the ball. He's extending up. And that happens to about shaft parallel or P2 on the backswing. And that and once you're up like that, you can uh, you know, access gravity. You can use gravity to put more energy into the system. And Bryson is doing that. He's extending up before he falls down in transition. Right. Yeah. So the up is spine extension, this movement of right. the spine and leg and leg and leg and hip. I mean, he's do, he's it's not just spine, but right. he's, he's extending using his legs and hips. Mm -hmm. as well, Travis. So there's a change of knee flex, right? This idea of the right hip. Totally. Yeah. This right leg's getting taller. I, I often will use the word people relate to this like elongation up. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I'm elongating up and and so many feel like they're getting taller. And then when I show them, they're like, wow, I really didn't get that much taller, you know, Be mm, because they've, mm. they've, they've kind of stayed down and, you know, whatever. And that, those kinds of things, restriction, you know, as long as you, yeah. you, know, you keep your orientation to the ball, right side's higher than the left. Like it's the, the, the movement up actually, when you put a line on it, at least in, in 2d, it's, it's not a lot, but it feels way more than that. When you teach someone of this right leg extending, spine extending, they feel like, man, I got to be getting a foot and a half taller. And it's like, mm. no, you're actually not, you know, mm. because you're still yeah. on your orientation yeah. to the ball. Right. And that's, that, that goes back to the, like th this idea of fewer moving parts uh, leading to better golf. That's just, you know, not what we see. We see Hogan, we see Trevino, we see Nicholas, we see a lot of these players with movement. Now it has to be in the right sequence, obviously, but I think of Azinger with that little up move, mm -hmm. you know, you saw his head, his head rise up Henry cotton. You can go way back in YouTube, but <laughs> Henry cotton, he, he moved up and off the ball. So, um, you know, I've studied all of these old swings of the past. And then, you know, you look at Jamie Solowski or Kyle Berkshire who max out, they max out all these movements but they definitely, you know, move up before they fall down. But um, it's interesting that your students, actually, when you tell them to extend the right leg, they feel like, you know, that just a little bit of movement is maybe wrong. But, you know, in fact, you know, it's not wrong. No. It's just what the best, it's what the best athletes do. And so yeah. I think we're, we've sort of, uh, uh, as golf instructors uh, over the last 20 years, maybe we need to put some more athleticism back into some of these swings and say, it's okay to move. You know, yeah. you know, add, let's add some movement. Yeah. And I, I just think about, you know, the, the students that I teach and having a pulse on my audience and it's like, 
I know that when you teach them a little bit of that pelvic trace, a little bit into the right foot, you know, and then, and then from there, the, this elongation of the right leg, spine extension. And it's like, wow, just that alone, that sentence is a game changer for Mm. so many. I'm talking like minimum 10 yards, minimum with the driver. Like we're going to get to some other things that lead to distance and all those kinds of things, but no one is staying down Lucas right on the long drive. No, no one's staying down. No, no, no one stays down and no one moves uh, towards the target on the backswing. Not early. They all are moving up and off the ball to start the backswing. And, and they, and we can maybe get a little bit ahead of ourselves. They all have long backswings too. Mm-hmm. You don't see any long driver successfully swing it with a short backswing. Um, and that's just something, you know, I, I think it was two years ago, Brandel, Brandel Chamblee and I did a, a, a talk at the at Pinehurst at the top 100 convention. And we put up Ben Hogan next to Jamie Sidlowski, a young Ben Hogan. And they look almost identical, Travis, way, way long with the backswing. People think of Hogan as being this, you know, great ball striker, which he was, but they just don't realize how far past parallel he was at the top of his backswing mm-hmm. with the driver. Right. And so he just unrestricted. I mean, with what you just said earlier, with the, he- the hip movement, right leg extension, hip rotation, that will lead to a longer swing, a bigger turn. And that's what um, this idea of eliminating that is, um, is dangerous. It yeah. actually, we want, we want to put motion back into the swing and distribute the load throughout the entire body as, as Hogan or Sneed, uh, or Jamie or Kyle Birchard or Bryson. We see Bryson doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can really see that movement with Bryson, that little early yeah. pelvic move and this up, up mm. and he turns to the top and it's this elongation. And, and then I, I, you know, there's a lot of people listening right now and I've had this conversation with hundreds is, you know, okay, so I turn my shoulders and you're telling me to not keep my trail knee flexed, right? And of course, when I was young, I grew up in that era. That's, you know, where you're trying like not turn your lower, but you're trying to turn your upper, your thoracic. And mm. and as a result of that, as I got into teaching and I started learning, you know, some of the, the proper ways here as we're talking about, what happened for me is then my pelvis would hang left, Lucas. So I would almost, I would spin left with my pelvis and I'm not loading. So it was very difficult for me then to then get out of the way, like rotate and get out of the way. Um, and of course I would rotate the face a little bit more going back with it. So I'm very much this high ball flight player that can't get out of the way and really be opened up. Like we see these long drive guys. And it's amazing as I went through this progression of like, okay, now I'm going to trace my pelvis and now I'm going to stand up. And now I got the face a bit more square. What now? Okay. So yeah, I, I feel stronger, but now, but I also feel like I got more time to like, you know, reposition myself on my left foot and now rotate and get the hell out of the way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're just accessing muscles that you didn't yeah. access before. I mean, you can only create energy with, with muscles or gravity. And it sounds like you were, you know, not really doing either one. And so now you're, you're using more muscular activation throughout the backswing and it's allowing you to get in a position that you can turn and not be out of sequence. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the downswing. All these guys, I would say most all of them, they're as they go through this backswing phase, the left heel's coming up, right? And then from there, give me the cliff notes now, these long drive guys, what they're trying to do coming down as they reposition that left heel and open up and hit up on this golf ball. 
I would say number one, just eliminating lateral movement okay. as much as possible. Most of, most of, if not all of long drive hitters hit the ball like a home run hitter does in baseball. They hit it more with the pressure going to the back foot. Yes, there is a shift into the lead side, but it happens early, Travis. Basically, at the top of the backswing, one little click after the top of the backswing, you're already shifted into the mm-hmm. left side. And then from there to impact, and all, and look, this is the cool stuff. The technology now verifies that what we've seen on video for a number of years, we can, we now know that if you look at the pressure traces on, you know, on the force plates, the pressure does go back to the right foot. So when you look at Justin Thomas with his left foot flying off the ground at impact, we know that his pressure is about 70 or 80% under the right foot. And so that's number one is eliminating the lateral slide on the downswing as much as possible and hitting it more off the back foot hitting up on it just like we see Albert Pujols doing in baseball <laughs> or whoever the modern hitters are. I don't even, I don't yeah. even know. No, Albert, no, Albert no, Pujols, yeah. Barry Bonds, you know, Bonds or Pujols or something like that. Yeah, no, it, that's understood. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're definitely pivoting more back off the right foot. They're hitting up. What would you say the average attack angle is? I know everyone's different, but on just long drive or on long drive. Ooh, it's over five. Okay. Over five up. And, 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 and you know, Martin Borgmeyer is, John, my buddy John Osa was just with him. He was nine or ten up, nine or ten up. And, and Martin is one of the Martin's around two hundred. Yeah, and his his driver was two degrees. So I don't rececommend that you know you all listening go out and get a two degree driver because I you know you don't create the speed to do that. But with him, he was hitting a two degree driver, hitting up on it um, uh, nine or ten degrees. So you know you can anyway. So I yeah. don't recommend that. But but around look, John Rom. Rory, these guys are hitting up on it three to five degrees. Right. Uh, Rory, Rory's around three or four degrees. Rom the same. Justin mm-hmm. Thomas is up on it. It's not just long drive guys. That's uh, I think sort of that's the yeah. if I can get that across today is like what we see happening on the PGA Tour. You know, if you look at strokes gain driving over the last decade, it was Rory, Dustin Johnson, and um, Bubba Watson. Basically, over the last decade, they led strokes gain driving. We were talking like 2008 through 18 or 19. It was those three guys. And so when you look at their swings or even like say a John Daly back in the day, I mean, I was, when I was growing up, I was taught, you know, John Daly is just a freak of nature. But now when we start breaking it down, John Daly swings very similar to Jamie Sidlowski, <laughs> who swings now, who Bryson is modeling. So that's what's like, that's the crazy part. It's coming full circle. You know, mm-hmm. some of these guys that were thought of as freaks, Bubba Watson, John Daly, they're actually, they move very similar to Hogan and Sneed, you know, and Mickey Wright. Um, and so it's like this this uh, old school swing that produced power is coming back to today's game. And I, I think that's just fascinating. Yeah, I do too. And I think that's why it's so important. You know, that's why I'm disappointed that it's not on TV because I think the long drive, A, it's very entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. B, you've got some great characters. Um, C, I think it's involvement in the game itself, just what you just said about its influence to the way the game is taught. And it's into our discussion that we just had that I'm taking to the lesson T and implementing to, yeah, scratch players, five, 10, 15 handicaps, right? Now we're not doing it at the speed of Berkshire and trying to right. knock the cover off of it, but I mean, last time I checked, everybody can, ha- you know, you can have a little change in the flex and spine extension. That's not going to, you can let the left knee drift across, let the left heel come up. You know, you can, you can do these things and I do it. And I've been doing it for years with people. And it's amazing 
What's amazing, Lucas, is that, yes, it's more powerful, but I would say more times than not, nine times out of 10, it is more consistent too. But just based off what I said, I got more time now to come down, reposition myself and rotate mm-hmm. as long as I'm, you know, I'm not trying to just, you know, completely unleash it. And I, and I know that I've got five or six more behind to get one in the grid. I mean, you, there's the play speed, right. right. To be able to do it. And this kind of leads me to my next question, which is back to Jamie Sadlowski, who's trying to play professional golf, who comes from the world long drive, who knows that, man, I just got to get one of these guys on the grid, right? I got to get, I've mm. got some foul balls I can deal with. What it, what was the biggest learning curve for him from an accuracy standpoint? It's like, I know I got to get my, I have speed in reserve, but I, I maybe need to modify this to be more accurate. Yeah. That, you know, that comes down to the intangibles of playing golf and knowing when he needed to hit driver and when he can fly two iron because he can fly at 295 in the air is two iron. So he, you know, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, so that's what we're working on with Jamie is basically flighting shots, knowing when to attack and when to sort of, uh, play sort of target golf okay. and Jamie Jamie by the way when he started playing golf he'd never even hardly played in a competitive event and he goes out in 2015 and he made he played in four uh web.com events mm-hmm. he made three out he made three out of four cuts and hadn't even played in a four-round professional golf tournament so that was just based off of athleticism and his great technique and then and when he turned pro and started playing more events, he, he, he scaled back things a little bit on his swing. And now all we're doing is getting him moving like Jamie Sadlowski moves and then teaching him a few things on, you know, course management, when to hit the driver, when not to, how to fly to six iron where you don't hit it, hit, you know, where he doesn't have to hit it 240 yards. Like you don't have to hit a six iron 240, Jamie. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's basically just yeah. doing things like that, choking mm-hmm. down to the metal, Lighting it and then working short game. And um, you know, this guy, he, he hits it as good as anyone I've ever seen. Wow. Sure, That's Travis. Cool. And so I, it's fun. And Bryson, I think, is uh, Bryson's turning a lot of heads and, and making a lot of people look at long drive. And I love that. I love the changes he's made to his swing. And, he, and he, he's got the sort of courage to take this long drive type swing to you know, to the golf course. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really fun to watch. Let's go back to Bryson for a second. Um, okay. I asked, uh, Sasha McKenzie on the podcast. I said, what's the most impressive thing that you've seen with Bryson to this point? And he said, you know, I think I'm most impressed that he, the way that he approaches the ball and that he's taking the intensity and getting his muscles activated before he hits the shot, understanding how different that might look to quote unquote, how the pros have been doing it. Right. And you can see it with him. Like he's almost trying to hype himself up, right. He's getting himself activated and ready to go and he's moving. You can see him and he's like, you know, and then from there, it looks like to me, the tempo, the speed going back is much, is much greater. 100%, 100%. Bryson, you know, we think of tempo as basically the time of the swing, how long it takes from backswing to sort of impact. And Bryson, uh, has dramatically increased that speed from backswing to impact. He and if you look up your listeners, John Novoselt Tour Tempo Golf, they figured out the ratio was three to one, basically three parts on backswing, one part downswing. Okay, so if you're looking at Bryson, he used to be uh, kind of slow actually, mm-hmm. twenty four eight ratio, twenty four uh, frames to the backswing, eight downswing, which is still three to one. 
Now he's about 18.6, which is Tom, I don't know if you remember Tommy Ganey, how fast and yep. short that swing was. Bryson is about the same tempo as someone like Tommy Ganey with a long backswing. So he's made a longer backswing in a super short amount of time, and that equates to a high speed number. And so that's what we see in the longest hitters is a super fast backswing and a fast downswing. It's not a it's not a this idea of taking it back low and slow and being deliberate. That's not what Bryson's doing. That's not what Berkshire or Jamie's doing. They they are moving the club head fast on the backswing. It's not so Hideki Matsuyama. It's not Matsuyama. Now, Matsuyama, there are some – I get this a lot. Colin Morikawa, Matsuyama. Yes, you, if you have great technique, you can make a slow backswing work, but you're not maxed out as far as speed goes. Right. Colin Morikawa could go faster if you want. I'm not suggesting you do that, but they could definitely hit the ball farther with a faster – uh, backswing. And I, I've actually seen Sasha McKenzie talk about that as well. Yeah. So uh, take it back faster to hit it farther. Right. For sure. And it, it, right. And that was, that's kind of where he was going, just the energy that Bryson was taking into the shot. And then from there being able to really. He's activating his central nervous system. You ever see his breath work? You know, Bryson's like, <laughs> he's yeah. taking these rapid inhalation, exhalation breaths. He's getting his CNS fired up and, mm. uh, I, it's what he's doing on the long drive tee as well. It's, it's pretty cool to see him doing that in his pre-shot routine out, you know, on the golf course where he has to hit it straight and you don't have six other balls to hit. So you, you only got one shot at this. And so it's pretty cool to see him with that intensity out there in a U.S. open it is. Uh, environment. <laughs> it is. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And, you know, so I, I just give him, I give him the credit um, for doing that. Now, mm. Let's talk here for a second. I'm going to make a statement. Tell me true or okay. false here for our, mm. we're going to pare it okay. down here for our audience. All right. So a lot of my audience, they've got kids. So there's peak windows for your kids to learn speed in the golf swing. True or false? I'd say true. Okay. True. If you don't, if, if, as you get older, right. And you're not very fast. Is it too late? True or false? False. I'm so happy false. you said that. <laughs> 100%. Look, man, look, I, 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 when I was playing golf, I was 104 miles an hour. And uh, this, I was uh, 30 years old, you know, around about 30, 28, 30. And I got up to 120. Uh, I'm 43 now and I can swing 120 right now. And so like, it's a hundred percent false. I see guys all the time in their forties uh, and fifties going up 10, 12 miles per hour. Uh, we, we see it a lot just by, you know, these guys, we're not doing that in the gym. We're right. not going and buff and getting all buffed out. We're actually doing it with technique and proper sequencing and, and some speed work, but definitely you can go up yeah. <laughs> in your thirties, forties, fifties, you can dramatically increase your speed and this equipment allows it, you know, you can even go longer with the shafts now and still hit it straight. So I, I think that's, that was like a big false. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one because yeah. you, you know, you know that there's a lot of amateurs thinking that ah, it's too late. You know, I'm 50. Too I don't late, play yeah. a lot. I can't. No, mm. like, no, we're increasing speed all the time. I did it today with a, with a, with a guy, 55 year old guy. I mean, wow. and, and like, you know, you can, yeah, three, four miles an hour right there. A lot of the things that we're talking about right here now, did it feel different? Of course it did. Did he feel a little bit out of control? Yeah. But he's going to, he'll, he'll wrap his mind around it. There's a real thing, true or false. Your internal governor 
is a real thing in the golf swing? I'd say true. I mean, I think the gov- there's a governor uh, that most people are scared to sort of take off. And okay. like, um, it, 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 if you can get, if you can get and look, I get them away from the driving range to do this. Okay. Um, I, I get them swinging. We, we, we always hit something. I personally don't like air swings. I, I like to hit a target or hit like a head cover or use something, but I, I'll, I'll measure their swing speed sort of away from hitting a golf ball first to say, look, you can swing 110 mm-hmm. miles an hour. You're not maxed out at 102. You you have the ability to go 110. Now applying that to the golf ball, they're a little uncomfortable at first. But once they learn and take the governor off away from the driving range, that sort of gives them the confidence to try that with the ball. And usually I do that in front of a net first mm. and say, let's let's take the governor off in front of a net where the, where you sort of divorce yourself from the outcome of a golf shot because yeah. I you know, and not get attached to a bad result right away. So like, Oh, I can swing 110. I can hit a ball doing this. And then after you do that and you can become a little more comfortable, then go out to the driving range and see what ball flight, et cetera, that produces, but don't start off right away going to the range saying, I'm just going to go from 100 to 110 right away. No, that's there. There's a, you know, it's an iterative process. You have to work on this systematic systematically. Yeah, I think that's such good advice. You know, you have to, you got to break through that governor. You got to let yourself go, let yourself recruit. And you're probably, you're probably going to feel a little out of control, you know, at first. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. And, and that's okay. And that's that's okay. what we want. <laughs> yeah, right. That's okay. Exactly. You're breaking through the governor. And so Bryson breaks through this governor. He gets these incredible speeds. And I think you said it was 18 miles an hour, right, to this point. Um, uh, yeah, he was, he was 117, 17, 2017. And now he's 132, 16, 17 miles an hour. Yeah. Yes. So those are big games. Yeah. <laughs> and that's average. He can go faster. Right. <laughs> so, that's play speed. Yeah. That's play speed. He's yeah. going 140, 140 plus in, you know, 145 even, I think in, in, uh, these long drive competitions. So he's gained that speed. Talk about now what it takes to just now maintain those speeds, right? Like, it takes a lot of work for him just to keep those speeds up to some degree, right? I think so. I think, yes. I think his training, his devotion to uh, this project, if you will, I think requires daily maintenance, daily speed training. But I, but again, like I can't overemphasize enough the technique changes he's made allows him to recruit more muscles, you know, with the tempo, with the elimination of the lateral motion on the downswing with the longer backswing with the angle of attack all this combined the unrestricted full turn i mean bryson never even lifted his heel travis right and now he's got this left knee behind the ball left heel up in the air right leg extended he's got all these power elements and built in now after doing them over and over again so you know one would think that he has to be in the gym every day but in fact you know you don't really see like a let's use Bubba Watson's frame as an example, skinny arm Bubba, you know, he doesn't have to maintain and do a lot of gym work to be able to swing what 125. I'm sure right right now Bubba could still go. So um, I just want the viewers to know that, Hey, with some technique changes, I don't have to go in the gym and, and beef up. Yes. To go 140 plus there, there's going to require, that's going to require a little bit more, but most like your guy today and the people I see daily, you can, with some technique changes, taking the governor off, increasing some turn, increasing some of these elements that we've discussed so far, you can go up five to 10 miles per hour pretty quickly oh, yeah. with a lot of, without a lot of work in the gym. I love it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's fascinating stuff. The, 
how the two worlds have come together. And yes. I think the long drive has helped pro golf in teaching this part of the industry more than the pro golf has helped the other way around. I believe that. Like, I think, you know, yeah. just a lot of the things that you see with these long drive guys and the parallel, like you said, to a Ben Hogan and Ricott and all these guys, like that's, that's what we should be doing. Right. Like the, now you don't have to, you know, try to hit it as hard as you can to hit the cover off of it. Like we're seeing with the long drive this week, but yeah, you probably should change knee flex. You probably should let your right side get higher. You, you should extend your spine. You should lengthen out a little bit. Like these are things that that narrative and conversation is way healthier than, yeah. Okay. Turn your upper, not your lower and push off right on the downswing like that pull down. Those are, that's a, that's a very different conversation and swing. So it's interesting how the two have come together and, you know, Chris Como, who works with Bryson has done a great job with him. Chris, I text with him fairly often and he's coming on in a couple of weeks. And I know he's working with Jason day and he was, I was seeing some of his swings and I would text him. I was like, Oh wow. A little change of knee flex there in the backswing. Like, you know, I kind of like that. I heard Jason Duffner is now trying to get 15, 20 more yards. So these are things that you're seeing with players of that era, Lucas, right? Like, Jason Duffner, right, and Jason. I mean, Jason Day, Day coming right. to it, and now. I mean, and back to yeah, Chris Coma, good friend of mine. I, I I see the work he's done with Bryson, awesome. Jason Day, I saw those as well. I texted with Chris. Jason Day's swing is looking a lot better, and mm -hmm. I think Greg Greg Rose, the TPI, he made a good quote or put out a good quote a few years ago about the modern swing. Not basically the modern swing with fewer moving parts is designed primarily for accuracy and when you put add power to that you put stress on the body so i would i would look at jason day as one of those swings that didn't have a lot of rotation a lot of, not a lot of turn on the backswing but he had a lot of power so when yeah. you when you add power to a swing designed for accuracy you put stress on the body mm -hmm. you know and that's what i saw in jason day like with a little bit of turn a little bit of right leg extension uh, some of these elements that i see chris adding you know, look out, he's going to, he's actually going to free his body up to move and then, you know, be, you know, be less prone to injury because he's using his whole body instead of adding power to a sort of a, a swing that's designed for accuracy. So, you know, that, that's just, it's cool to see, man. It's cool to yeah. see these changes take place at the highest level of the game. And there's no guarantees. I think on the flip side of that, and, and I think technically we know that, yeah, I mean, it, we know it makes sense and it's, where the industry is going and it's a good thing and it's healthy and it's, it's going to advance the level of play because it has value to accuracy or I'm sorry, it has value to length and accuracy. And, but we also know that when you start tinkering with a player like Jason and those kind of guys, like, like it may be the right thing to do, but then can they take it and go play with it? Right. And be that high level intensity player that they were with before. Like, and you don't know that, right? That's the hard part. Like they have mm, to now mm. go take it and, and run with it. And I think the point I'm making is that is the most impressive thing with Bryson is not only did he do it, but then he takes it to the course and mm. dominates with it. That to me is just over the top because we've seen it go the other way, right? We've seen guys tinker and maybe they tinkered the wrong way. That's a disaster, but then mm. we've seen guys tinker, maybe try to do the right thing, but then just can't quite get it to the course. And then for whatever reason, they lose their way. So, uh, you know, it's not a perfect formula, right? As far as the best players in the world and then going out there and making hay with this new move. 
But I do think it's way more of a perfect formula to the amateur listening right now and saying, yeah, I don't do that with my lower body. I don't do that with my spine. I don't, you know, like we should probably get in there and start rewiring that a little bit now because you're only playing once a month anyway, or once a week anyway. And if we can kind of free some things up and give you another 10 yards and a little more accuracy, let's do it. A hundred percent, hundred percent. The amateur golfer, the risk reward, there's, you know, these, the, the guys and girls on the LPGA and PGA tour are making a lot of money. There is risk involved in changing your mechanics at that level. We've seen, you know, I can name you 10 players who've tried to change their swing that we've not even heard of in the mm-hmm. last decade. We see Bryson change his swing and we, we see what he's doing. So there, there is a risk to changing the swing, but with amateurs, definitely increasing the range of motion, you know, with the stuff we've talked about, longer backswing, elimination of movement, speed, uh, picking the tempo up, Travis, angle of attack, the unrestricted turn. There's there's really no downside to it, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. There's no downside. They're going to hit the ball farther. They're going to have more fun with the game. Um, and their buddies are going to be like, whoa, what did you do? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then they can tell them. So, I, you know, I, I highly recommend uh, seeing someone like yourself or me or other Chris, you know, to get some of these elements baked into their system. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I could talk to you forever. Um, you do great work. Mm. I appreciate it. I know you're out there with uh, with Gigi. I saw him busting 300 yard plus <laughs> drives. Yeah. And uh, with the, his shoes off, with his shoes, <laughs> with his off, shoes yeah. off. That's awesome. Go follow <laughs> Lucas Watt on Instagram. Go follow him yep. now. And, and uh, he's got great stuff. And uh, let's, I'll be keeping my eye on Jamie too. Uh, the best of luck yep. with. Uh, we got second, second stage uh, coming up in New Mexico on uh, 19th of, of next month. So ah. go Jamie. Yeah. Awesome. Lucas Wall, Thanks for joining us, man, on the podcast. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control and distance encore recently added the vero x1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls one that already included the golf digest gold rated elixir and low compression avant 55 through its full suite of golf balls encore can help transform any golfer's game visit encoregolf.com backslash travis fulton for more info about encore and start revolutionizing your game now back to the stripe show podcast 